Well, we've got some interesting questions today, as always. Going to start with one that, uh, you know, I hear a lot and I don't address directly very often, but it's this, is just being a housewife outmoded? So a listener asks, all I want to do is be a housewife, taking care of my husband and children. However, I'm scared to death this dream with any, to share this dream with anyone because I think being a housewife is outmoded and I may be making a bad choice. Dan, what should I do? All right, so what do you think? I mean, is being a full-time housewife just an old, outdated, leave-it-to-beaver kind of career choice, or is it still a legitimate option today? Does it have to be an either-or choice, or could you find a creative option that combines the best of both worlds? Well, let's talk about it a little bit. We're right here at Christmas time. It's a wonderful opportunity to dream and plan for the work and life you love in the coming year. So again, grab your cup of ginger tea in my case, or whatever it is you're drinking, get ready for another episode where we're going to look at some practical advice, some really intriguing questions here around Christmas time, inspiring stories and valuable resources to help you maximize your opportunities and to move into the new year again with the work and life you love. So we're going to jump right into these great questions right after a couple messages from our supporting sponsors. Do you love your work? Do you think it's possible? Well, you're about to find out. It's time for 48 Days to the Work You Love with Dan Miller on the 48 Days Online Radio Show. Whether you need a professional tune-up or a work overhaul, this is the program for you. Now, here's your host, Dan Miller. Yes, indeed, we're going to be taking care of business today, as we always do, uh, checking in to see what it is you need to to really maximize your life. You know, this idea of just living mediocre lives is just not tolerable. Why, why would we do that? We have so many choices to be made, and it's our choices that determine what our life looks like. So here's some questions we're going to be looking at. Uh, Dan, I'm staying at a job that I don't love because my husband is pursuing a career in freelance art. So we need my income to pay the bills. Again, another one that kind of ties in with the leadoff question. And then the one I mentioned already, all I want to do is be a housewife, taking care of my husband and children. However, I'm scared to share this dream with anyone because I think being a housewife is outmoded and I may be making a bad choice. Well, I've got a lot to say about that one. And another one, I love the idea of being an entrepreneur, but my problem is just that I don't have any idea yet of what that looks like for me. How about this? Someone asked, should I give up a potential better salary for my own contentment? And then another person asked, I'm a high S on the disc profile, and I don't think I have much to offer. Ouch, that's going to step on the toes of a lot of you out there who are high S's. We'll unpack that as well. Quotation comes from Janie Ortland, who is a popular women's writer. She says, I believe that a godly home is a foretaste of heaven. Our homes, imperfect as they are, must be a haven from the chaos outside. They should be a reflection of our eternal home, where troubled souls find peace, weary hearts find rest, hungry bodies find refreshment, lonely pilgrims find communion, and wounded spirits find compassion. Boy, that's a pretty great overview of what a home ought to be. Resource is, if you go to 48days.com slash why, this is just that constant idea of understand who you are, and then the opportunities shouldn't line up with that. 
So if you go to there48days.com slash why, you can get my free 11-page workbook. That is, who are you and why are you here? It'll walk you through that idea of understanding yourself so clearly that you really know what the options are. What are the options that would work best for you? All right, let's jump right into our questions. Susan says, hi, Dan. I'm 33. I've been working in office management for 10 years. I don't love this as my career, but I'm staying with this because my husband is pursuing a career in freelance art, so we need my income to pay the bills. He's had a lot of momentum, and I support him fully in his decision and also help out on the business end. My ultimate dream is to stay at home. I get the most joy from cooking and baking, taking care of my home and my husband. Obviously, this brings in no money. So I have to bide my time until his career takes off. And that is assuming that it will. I may not even reach my dream depending on our financial situation. How do I deal with knowing what I want to do, but not being able to fully do it? Okay, a couple of things. Boy, there's so many things you've got in your question, Susan. I just got a note this week also from a guy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to address it in a later podcast because I want to unpack what he's asking about. But he said, I've been listening to you for years. You helped me clarify and achieve my business goal of selling 500 paintings in 500 days. Now, how cool is that? I mentioned some examples. This has been some time ago. But uh, I mean, this Actually, what he's referring to was a podcast that I did probably three or four years ago, but he did that and he's just giving me an update. So is it possible for your husband to be a freelance artist and uh, do well? Yeah, absolutely. We've got lots of examples about that. But here's here's the deal. And there's a couple of things I want to address in here. You said that you really would like to stay at home and you say, obviously, this would bring in no money. Well, I want you to see some more possibilities than just your income stops and now you're just at home. I mean, a few years ago, I was on a radio show and um, the host asked me, she said, we've got a lot of women listeners around the world. It was actually Moody Radio out of Chicago. And uh, she said, we got a lot of women listeners and they really ask, you know, is there any way they could be primary caregivers for their children, stay at home moms, and yet add income to the family. I said, oh my gosh, there's all kinds of ways. I said, go to our website, and there's a little story behind this. But anyway, go to our website and look for the yellow post-it note that says 48 low or no cost business opportunities, business ideas. Well, that is that we put that up. And in the next three weeks, that was downloaded over 90,000 times, which told us, wow, that's a really hot idea. A whole lot of moms are wondering if they could stay at home, but still generate income, not just generate no income, no, but to, to do both. So there's a whole lot of things in there, that product that we've got, 48 lower no-cost business ideas, all kinds of ideas in there about things you can do where you spend a couple hours a day or spend one weekend a month or something, you know, and maybe bring in a couple thousand dollars doing that. So there's certainly ways you can do both, not just see it as black and white, one or the other. Now, you and your husband need to agree on some timelines, I mean, don't just hope that his freelance art takes off. I mean, set some reasonable commitments for what that looks like. I mean, in times when I was chasing a new dream, I always had something I was doing that would provide for our basic family needs first. I mean, when I was starting um, an auto accessories business, I was I, I what I would do, I would buy and sell cars 
We were in a university town. I know cars. It was easy for me to, to buy something, fix it up, put it in the front yard, sell it. And I was going to make you know $4,000 a month doing that before I was then working on my dream of what I really wanted to do. When I was starting what I'm doing now, you know, coaching, speaking, writing, I would spend the first two weeks of every month selling advertising door to door. It was just commission-based, no guarantee, no paycheck, but it was an opportunity to make money. It was pretty predictable, and I could do that. So I was committed to making $4,000 a month for our family, and I would do that in the first two weeks of the month. Now, if I didn't do it in the first two weeks of the month, then I needed to continue. It wasn't like, well, no, that's, you know, now I'm going to go work in my dream. And it wasn't, I would never put us in a position where, Jeff got this dream, but honey, I need you to work you know, to take care of our needs and to see if I can bring this thing to life. I always did something if it was painting houses or doing remodeling jobs or again, buying and selling cars or selling advertising or whatever. So that's what I would do. And that's what I did in building what I'm doing now. Now, what I'm doing now took off pretty quickly, so I didn't have to do that very long. But that was the first two months I was selling advertising door to door to make $4,000 a month. And then, only then, did I have the freedom to work in my dream. Now, I've experienced a whole lot of people where uh, the husband is an artist in some form. Um, I can think of several situations, but one in particular where uh, the guy was a musician. Now, he'd had a little success as a musician, but things kind of tailed off, and he was just working, you know, that next big song that he could get or next opportunity to perform. He had gone eight years without generating any income. Guess who was supposed to create the income for the family? His wife. Totally dependent on her. Now, here's here's something that just put me over the top. This guy would get a manicure every week. Go and get a manicure. And I'm like, how in the heck do you justify that? Well, I'm a musician. You know, he's a guitar player. He has to keep his fingers perfect. Going to get a, a manicure every week, eight years, generating no income? Nah, that's not a plan. That, that's not a plan. Now, unfortunately, you know, that marriage ended. I mean, his wife got tired of that. And that's certainly a, probably not unexpected in that case. But you guys have to decide if you agree that you both want you to have the freedom to be at home, then create a timeline, you know, maybe one year from now, January 2025, where you're going to quit your job. All right. Then you have a year for your husband to replace your income and get you up to where you decide know, that it's an okay income for your family, decide what he must be creating for at least four months in a row. I mean, maybe that's $6,000 a month. If he's not doing that, then he agrees to find work that's more profitable. And in that year, you can explore things that you might do totally from home. Again, what what would you be able to do from home that could add maybe another two or $3,000 a month so you would feel like you had the best of both worlds? Great question. Golly, great, great question. Uh, that, Susan, thank you for sharing that. Got another one here that's kind of like that as well. <clears throat> this comes from Pamela. Hi, Dan. I'm 31 years old, married with no children. I work in a bank, and I must say I do not want to be there. I feel like I don't belong in banking. All I want to do is be a housewife taking care of my husband and children. However, I'm scared to death this to share this dream with anyone because I think being a housewife is outmoded, and I may be making a bad choice. Dan, what should I do? Well, again, you know, choosing to be a housewife is a very personal decision. It can certainly be a respectable choice if it aligns with your values, you know, your aspirations. 
Again, it's important to remember there's no one size fits all. We don't have to look around and take a poll on what you ought to do with your life. There's not one right way for you to live your life or to have the work in life that you love. So it comes down to you looking at your your personal fulfillment. Now, clearly, you've got to communicate with your husband on this. So you have agreement on this. But if it's a your heart's desire, then he ought to respect that. And that's certainly been my wife's desire is to be at home. And I've supported that because that's what's so meaningful to her and she does it with excellence. Now, certainly there are there may be financial considerations, but hopefully you've never put yourself in a position where you have to have two incomes. It can go a lot of different ways. A lot of varieties are possible here. But I, I hear people who, you know, God, I see ladies who you know, tell me they cry every morning when they leave their house and go drop the kids off at daycare. I'm, Why are you doing that? Well, we have to. We have to. It's the only way we can survive. And then I see, gee, they're living in a $500,000 house and they're driving two new uh, Mercedes. I'm thinking, uh, wait a minute. No, you don't have to. You've just made some choices that put you in that position where you feel the pressure, but you can make some totally different choices and have new options. So you, you can make your dream, your reality, decide what it is that you want to do. Now, ultimately, the decision to become a housewife is a personal one. There's no universally right or wrong choice. What matters most is that you make a decision that aligns with your values, what you and your husband see as important, what brings you a sense of happiness and fulfillment. If being a housewife is what you truly want, then believe me, it's a respectable choice. It's not outmoded, and you should not be afraid to share your dream with with anyone, especially those who really care about you. And, and, you know, being a housewife, sometimes we say, you know, just a housewife. You hear that term, and they, are you kidding me? I mean, what are the things that are, and sometimes in working with moms who have been stay-at-home moms for 18 years while their kids grow up, and then they think, well, I'm coming back into the workplace, but what do I have to show? I have nothing to show that I can do. I mean, Wait a minute. Didn't you organize the fundraiser through your kid's school? You know, didn't you organize the uh, carpooling to get all the kids there? You know, didn't you volunteer through your church to do this and run this program and create the Christmas program? You know, you can go on and on and on, but look realistically at the things that you can do that you're going to have, that you can perfect and be really, really skilled at time management. You know, hey, managing a household, caring for children requires really good time management skills. I mean, budgeting, financial management, a lot of times stay-at-home moms have the skills to do the family budgeting. So the husband works, brings in a, a paycheck, it goes into the family account, and the wife manages that. Golly, can increase their um, financial investments, things they're doing. Home organization, just seeing what is required and making a home organized. And then, I mean, you say nothing of making it beautiful, you know, decorating. Golly, when people come into our home, they often say, it's so peaceful here. Well, that's very intentional because of what my wife Joanne does to make it that kind of a place. That's been true no matter where we live, no matter what kind of a house we've been. They've always said that because it's something that she wants. She uses sounds and sights and smells and all kinds of things to make it just such a welcoming place. And speaking of smells, certainly there is the cooking and meal planning. If you do that well, that's a major accomplishment. You can really contribute to the health and well-being of everybody in your family by doing that well. You know, often 
you're the primary person that is the educator for your children. Yeah, they go to school, but real education takes place at home. And if you're there available to help them, that can accelerate their education just dramatically. You might get involved in the community. There's some volunteer and some things in your community. Uh, there may be creative pursuits that you want to work on. Uh, you can certainly, while you're caring for your family, pursue self-improvement things that you want to do, online courses, reading, learning new skills, which can lead to personal growth and maybe future career opportunities as well. You might get involved in gardening with your kids. Boy, what a, what a great thing that would be to you know create and maintain a garden or practice sustainable living. Those are real unique accomplishments. All those things are really valuable things that you can do while you're just a housewife. Don't don't frame it as such. So it's important to to recognize being a stay-at-home mom involves a, a multitude of skills and accomplishments that may not, you know, get you a, a trophy or an employee of the month, but they're essential for the well-being and growth of a healthy family. I mean, every family, individual situation is unique. But uh, stay-at-home moms contribute in a remarkable way to their households and communities. Joanne, my wife, has always had her primary commitment to being a great wife and mom. And now, of course, yaya to all of our grandkids. Uh, just yesterday in our house, uh, her sister was here. Joanne flew her sister down here as a gift for her birthday from Kentucky to spend a few days with us here. There were two granddaughters here working on art projects that they'll be giving to family members as Christmas gifts, some really cool things I saw them creating. Last night, we had a beautiful, elaborate dinner with more family members here. Uh, we told stories. We heard all about what our granddaughters are learning. Uh, we had salmon steaks, peas, beets, and then key lime pie. I mean, I can't imagine Joanne having a paycheck that would have matched the value of what happened in our home yesterday, and that was just a normal Monday. Well, as you can tell, um, Pamela, I personally don't see being a housewife as outmoded. I see it as a very creative, creative opportunity to be your very best in so many different areas. Well, hey, just a quick break here. Uh, these are questions coming in from you, the listeners, if you get a question or a a success story. I've got some success stories lined up. I'm not going to get to today, but I've got them lined up in the queue here. I want to share those. But uh, if you got a question, just go to 48days.com slash askdan, and you can leave your question there. You can leave it in an audio form if you want to just speak into the mic, or you can write it out if you want to do that as well. So again, here's a quick message from our sponsors. Then I want to be back with a couple more questions. So Phil says, Hey, Dan, I've been listening to your podcast for years and get so much value from it. I work a regular job and do enjoy it. I love the idea of being an entrepreneur, but my problem is that I just don't have an idea yet of what that looks like for me. I've been fueling the desire for over the years by listening to your show and reading some books. What would you tell someone that is energized and eager about working in new ways, but just doesn't have a concrete idea or avenue yet? Thanks so much for all you've done for me with your wise words. What I'd encourage you to do, Phil, is create a list of 20 things you think you'd like to do. I mean, there ought to be a lot of things that you could imagine. When I go out and walk in in the morning, I can imagine all kinds of things that I see being done. I think, man, it'd be fun to do that. So make a list of 20 things. Then filter those ideas through the lens of what you know about yourself. 
Now, this is where it really is personal, and we have to do that. You might see somebody else that's, you know, that's a window washing, and you think, wow, that'd be kind of interesting. You meet a lot of nice people and drive around nice communities and so on. Well, you have to decide, does that fit you? So go back to what you know about yourself. Those basic things that I talk about in 48 Days to the Work You Love, your skills and abilities, your personality traits, your values, dreams, and passions. See, if, if you value family time, we've been talking about family here. If you value family time, then you're probably, and, and have small kids, let's say, you're probably not going to choose being a real estate agent where you're busiest on nights and weekends. Even though that's a very legitimate, very profitable option, it's not going to fit you, at least not right now. If you're introverted and shy, you're not going to become a Chick-fil-A operator where you're going to meet a hundred or are you going to meet a, you know, a thousand new people every day? Again, great opportunity, but if you're not the personality type that loves being around people and those kind of you know intense social environments, then that's not going to fit you. So the, doing that, making a list of 20 things that you'd like to do, then filter those ideas through the lens of what you know about yourself, narrow that list down to four or five ideas, then do a little bit more research, choose one and take action. This doesn't mean that all the other ideas wouldn't have worked or that you can't come back to another idea sometime later. But to really get traction, you have to choose one and act. Just yesterday in a group call, we had one of the ladies was saying, and, and she she helps people with their, their health through taking nature walks, really getting connected with nature. It's a very unique kind of thing, really beautifully done uh, what she does. But she is having a hard time getting focused. She's like, I can, I can, I want to work with everybody. Well, you, you can't really stand out as an expert if you just work with everybody. Get really focused on who it is that you really think you can help, who you want to work with. So you, you can have a lot of ideas as a starting point. That's a great place to be, but you don't want to stay there. You want to very quickly narrow in. And I'm talking about you know, in a process of two weeks or something, go through this process, list a bunch of ideas, narrow down, then choose one and act. All right, Andy says, hi, Dan. My father asked me to listen to your podcast a couple years ago, and I've been hooked ever since. I'm a freshman in college going to school for a mechanical engineering degree. However, I feel tired and unhappy with the monotony of sitting in a classroom all day, and I've decided I want to transfer to a local technical college to better pursue my passion in motorsports. I know I will be happier with this route, but should I give up a potential better salary for my contentment? Thank you for your time. Wow. What a great framing, Andy. All we, all we want to do is unpack this a little bit. Don't assume that following your passion and in your terms, looking for contentment will decrease your income. In fact, I would expect the opposite to be true. I mean, so many times I've seen people get trapped in doing what they think is practical and realistic because there's a good income connected with it and ignoring their passion where they could potentially have 10 times the income. Even if it's unusual, even if it's seen as other people as not being practical and realistic. I mean, I just got back from Las Vegas. I went there to hear you two play at the Sphere. Now, if you haven't seen that, you know, check it out. Just Google the Sphere. It's this crazy eyeball 
stadium that was built that seats 18,000 people in Las Vegas. So it's not really big in terms of stadiums, but it's just for these kind of performances. And the digital visual experience you get is, is beyond description. It is just, it's a once in a lifetime kind of thing. Now, I, We've been U2 fans, the Miller household, for many years. When my boys were little, racing BMX bicycles, we would travel and go to races, and our go-to music was Joshua Tree, the early music of U2. And here we are all these years later. My boys are grown now. I said, hey, what would you guys think about meeting in Las Vegas to, go, to hear U2? Well, they just went ballistic. They just were nuts with anticipation. We planned it a long time ago, got tickets, and I you know, took care of airline flights, hotels, and all that. And one son came from San Diego, one from Woodland Park, Colorado. Um, Me coming from Florida, we met in Las Vegas, spent four days together, ending with a concert for you too. Now I say that because who would tell four young guys in Ireland that playing music was going to be a good career choice? I mean, nobody. I mean, the odds are so against them, but that's what they love doing. That's what gave them contentment. That's what gave them satisfaction. That's what scratched the itch of their passion. And along the way, they became pretty talented. Same four guys together after all these years. I mean, just a really unique kind of situation. And here they are playing at the Sphere. Now, what they did is they contracted to be there September through December, about three shows a week. Those shows sold out so quickly. There's no tickets available unless you're getting them from scalpers. No tickets at all. So now they've extended their stay to go on through January and February. And knowing the deal they struck with the Sphere based on ticket sales and what ticket sales are, my estimation is that they're getting approximately $10 million per show. $10 million per per show, doing three shows a week. And then what we have September, October, November, December, January, February, six months of doing that. Uh, that's some pretty serious uh, contentment and choosing something that people would say, no, that's a poor choice. You know, you need to do something where you get a, a steady income. So Andy, your desire to go into motorsports, when I think about the opportunities in motorsports, Wow, it just never ends. I think about a few months ago when I you know, had a friend meet me in Atlanta and we did the Porsche driving experience. Wow, the takeoffs from that, the things that you could do around motorsports, so many opportunities there, so many. So I, I encourage you to to go there and don't assume, yeah, just don't assume the following your passion is going to decrease your income. It's very, very likely to work the other way. All right, let me go one one more here. Um, I, so I, I got this note from one of, one of you, the listeners. Hi, Dan, I'm not in your Eagles group yet because I don't think I have enough to offer. I'm a high S on the disc profile, and I'm that steady, dependable guy who's really good at attendance, paying my bills on time, being quiet and keeping things organized, but not a whole lot else. I'm sure that if I were to join the group, I'd be sitting in the sidelines while others are producing books, making speeches, starting businesses, and putting out music. Keith. Wow. What a great setup. Now, if you know, you know, we talk about the disc here, the disc being a personality profile. So it's D-I-S-C. D, 
we assume those people are pretty opinionated, hard driving, kind of in your pre, in your face, high pressure salespeople, whatever. Now I'm exaggerating clearly. Eyes are very gregarious, outgoing, social people. They want to be in groups. Nobody's a stranger. They break the silence in the elevator, want to be on stage, you know, cheerleaders, those kind of people. S's then are, as Keith describes, more quiet, more behind the scenes, like to th- keep things predictable, don't ruffle any feathers, you know, just be there, loyal, brave, and true kind of thing. And then C's are the people who are really analytical, very organized. Those are the people we want as bookkeepers, accountants, architects, and so on. So he's an IS and says, well, I'm probably not like the other people in the Eagles community because I'm not that hard-driving, outgoing person. Well, guess what? You're in the highest group of people that we have in the Eagles community, people who are asses. But now oh, I put this out. What I did, I put this out in our Eagles community and just said, you know, hey, what would you respond to this guy? You all tell me. So I had Eagles members respond instantly in this. And so we had, you know, just in the first couple hours, some things that came back in, I'll share those with you. Sean says, I'd tell him that we all have to start somewhere. This is a great place to do just that. Kim says, I wish you could have heard Ashley's disc training from this week. She did such a great job assuring all the personality types that we don't have to become someone we are not to offer a lot of value. Troy says, steady, dependable people are the backbone of any venture. If it's your persistent dependability that will allow you to keep moving forward when others who depend on the next new thing for motivation will quit. You have a lot to teach others about how to be consistent in the face of changing circumstances. In addition, you're the voice of reason allowing idea people to understand how their dreams can tie back into the rest of the world. Kevin says, I agree with Troy. High S folks aren't as prone to start a biz, but they do great business if they will. I'm a high I and D and have no problem starting businesses, running them. Well, that's another issue. You know, that's a great point because the high D and I people that you think are, are the big, you know, entrepreneurs, the Richard Branson's of the world, whatever, going to go out and start new things. Typically, they're not very good at just running a business day to day. And it's the S people who step in to make sure that things get done. Mark Ross says, you have permission to quote me as a high S. I discovered that this does not define me. I have a ton to offer and receive. I experiment with new possibilities. I order to determine if it helps me grow. He says, try the Eagles for 90 days and see. Uh, Nicole says, I'm a high S who has found her calling and work alongside a high I, and I'm here to tell you that without S's, nothing would ever get done. High S is a coaching strength. Slow and steady wins the race. Short burst of intensity often lead to burnout and quitting. A big part of the coach's role is to help set a realistic pace with accountability. I used to see S as a negative, and now I totally embrace it and recognize the value I bring to the table. And Ashley, Ashley's my daughter, and of course, she's our disc expert in there. She says, yes, I had an S manager at one of our 48 Days conferences that said, don't confuse kindness for weakness. Now, that's that's a great positioning for an S, somebody who's going to be kind, encouraging, offering hope. She said, don't confuse kindness for weakness. They excel at following through, helping to find order, and S's are like water. They're able to create flow in a way the other personality styles can't. You are correct. We so need S's in our lives. Well, so come on in, Keith. I mean, you're a perfect candidate to both learn and contribute in the Eagles community. Wow. 
So great all the way around. Well, hey, we're going to wrap it up there. And I love these questions. My goodness, love these questions. Check it out. Send your questions in. Just go to 48days.com slash ask Dan to leave your question there. I'll include it in an upcoming show. Got some special Christmas things coming up here. Next week, I've got a a guest I've got coming in that's going to talk about her moving from her dream, her being a a stay-at-home mom and uh, having to rethink what she was doing when she was suddenly found alone with four small kids. Got a great story I want her to share with us. So we're sharing that. But other things coming up. Hope you're having a great holiday season here. Thanks for listening, for sending in your questions, for being open to growing, being a powerful force, for making the world a better place. Share this. You may have a couple housewives out there that you want to share this with. You know, we got to come up with a, a new term other than housewife. Somehow that implies the leave it to beaver kind of stay-at-home mom perhaps maybe there's a new term that you've come up with to imply the the value and unique positioning unique career choice of somebody who chooses that so share it with a couple of your friends they'll thank you for it this is a great time of year to be giving and sometimes our giving can be done in ways that don't doesn't involve money or amazon just you know you share a smile with somebody uh, invite somebody over for a cup of tea Take somebody a meal, spend a little time with somebody who may not have other people around them this time of year. So many things, so many ways we can give in meaningful ways. And stay committed to your belief that we can, without a shadow of a doubt, find or create work and a life that is meaningful, purposeful, and profitable. <music>